أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وسلم تسليما رب عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وطاعتك وحسن عبادتك رب يا الله يا رحمن يا مستعان اجعل جمعنا هذا جمع مبارك مرحوم واجعل تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تمفينا ولا معا ولا منا شقيا ولا محروما اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وقلبا خاشعا ونورا ساطعا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين صلي وسلم على سيدنا أحمد النبي الأمين وآله وسلم الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد إياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين Okay, assalamu alaikum. So inshallah, as we agreed, we're going today to start uh, to discuss uh, the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now the seerah is a huge subject that a person can go through to study to really get the benefit out of. It's not something that is uh, you can just read and that's it because every part that you read of the seerah of Muhammad sallallahu you will find an expansion for everywhere. Any, any subject, but we will try to do as much as we can. And as I said last time, I'm not really going to read from one book, but I'm going to main, mainly look at uh, the seerah, which is most famous uh, for Ibn Hisham, and add into it some of the shifa, okay, link them together. But then I want to bring the thing that we shall not brought into the seerah from the teaching of our mashayikh into it, inshallah, because there are things that can be brought in. Uh, that will make it, inshallah, much yani, better for understanding rather than studying it in different places. Make it one, inshallah. So, there are two things that we need to talk about today, okay? And, and very, very important. Why do we have to study the seerah? Why, alaykum why do we have to study the seerah? We have to study the seerah because at the end of the day, through studying the seerah of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam, we will begin, inshallah, to firm our faith. We will begin to make our iman in our heart very strong. This is absolutely essential. This comes from the Quran, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated to the Prophet, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم نحن نقص عليك أحسن القصص بما أوحينا إليك هذا القرآن. O Muhammad sallam, we reveal to you Okay, the best of the stories in that which we reveal to you in this holy Quran. Okay, and then he said, bihi fu'adak. So that inshallah, by relating these stories to you, we would like to make your iman stronger. We would like to firm, okay, you in faith. Because at the end of the day, your iman grows, okay, and decreases. I promise you, nobody will stay in the same status of iman ever. You can go up, but you come down. Iman goes up and down. This is from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Al-Iman ya'lu wa yahbit. Al-Iman ya'lu wa yahbit. Iman increases and decreases. And in another hadith, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, some people sleep at night okay, with Iman and wake up without it. Some sleep without it and wake up with Iman. Okay? So Iman is something that we need to strive to do. Okay, Iman is something that we need to strive uh, to act upon. Unless we strive, we cannot enhance our Iman. Okay? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
is saying to Sayyidina Muhammad we are relating to you stories so that we can make your iman firmer. Don't you think that it is more important for us as followers of Muhammad to be firm this iman? Because he's already there. And still Allah wants to keep him firm. We are more in need of this affirmation than anybody else. So by relating stories of the Quran, maybe of the prophets, righteous peoples, okay, stories that Allah has chosen to relate in the Quran, or others that the Prophet related to us, it is good to listen to them. However, however, the story of Muhammad becomes the highest for a believer. A Muslim who needs to definitely firm his iman and increase his faith, he must study the seerah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is another reason also for studying the seerah of Muhammad sallam. There is a hadith Qudsi in which Allah says, Kuntu kanzan makhfiyan. Kuntu kanzan makhfiyan. I was a hidden treasure. I was a hidden treasure. Fa'ahbabtu an u'raf. فَأَحْبَبْتُ أَنْ أُعْرَفُ Then, I loved that I will be known. فَخَلَقْتُ الْخَلْقَ لِيَعْرِفُونِي Hence, I created the creation so that they will get to know me. This is Hadith Qudsi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that I was a hidden treasure. Then, I wanted to, to be known. For me to be known, Allah is saying, I created the creation to know me. And subhanallah, from here, relating ourselves to the Prophet could be the best way of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no other way to know Allah better than Muhammad There is no way. In fact, the hadith of Rasulullah in which he says, Ana min Allah, I am from Allah, indicate this. Okay? There is something absolutely powerful that we need to think about. When you need the normal seer, Okay, the biographies of the man Muhammad Sallam, you you don't hear about this. But when you read, okay, in the hadith book, or those who wrote about the Shama'il of Rasulullah attributes, you can find these things written. Rasulullah must be known. Must be known. Yani if, 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 if a person says I'm a Muslim and doesn't know the Prophet, no. There is no way. He can count himself among those who will be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because unless you know who he is, what was his role when he was sent to mankind, and what is your duty towards him, and how can you act upon that teaching he brought to you, then you will not fulfill your duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, we study the seerah so that we can follow his example we begin to understand his attributes that we need to gain so that we can gain his love in order that we can become obedient to him. So love comes before obedience. And listen to this again. We say we are Muslims and we believe in Muhammad Rasulullah but believing in him cannot be true belief until you know who he is. Once you know who he is, okay, then it is your duty to follow his example. How would you follow his example, by loving him? And how do you love him? 
Okay? By making salawat for him. Your love will increase. And through that, then you'll be able to be obedient to him. Okay? As Imam Shafi'i said, إِنَّ الْمُحِبَّ لِمَنْ يُحِبُّ مُطِيعُ Imam Shafi'i says, Indeed, the one who loves to his beloved is obedient. The one who loves, truly loves, to his beloved or the one whom he loves is obedient. You can never become an obedient person to anybody unless you have an inclination towards liking them or loving them. That's the idea. So the Prophet ﷺ must be loved. He cannot be loved until you know who he is. And until you realize that you are supposed to follow his example and then you can become an obedient servant of him sallallahu Who is he? Who is this noble creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who is this noble human that we need to study, that we need to understand his pattern of behavior and we need to love and we need to be obedient to? Who is this person? Number one, In all the books you read, always Muhammad is described as Nurul Wujud. Al Wujud is the creation. He is the light of the creation. If you take the light out of the creation, the creation is nothing. Every Sirah book you look into, if it is written, okay, by knowing who he is, the first thing they will say, Muhammad Nurul Wujud. Nobody, even in poetry. The poet will always say, Muhammad, Nur al-Wujud. Muhammad is the light of the creation. Without him, there is no creation. Okay? Number two, it is he whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his sake created all the creation. Muhammad sallallahu our prophet and messenger, peace be upon him, because of him, Allah created all the creation. This is also says. And he is the most noblest of all those who were born. No one is born more noble than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ashraf al-Mawlud. In all the Sira books, they always describe him as the most noblest to be given birth to. Imagine, how come then his mother not be noble? Or his father not be noble? They must be. Because if he is noble by birth, he must have come from noble blood. And he is the inheritor of the earth. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, the earth will be always inherited by the righteous. But initially, all righteous people, okay, they stem their righteousness from Muhammad. He is their leader. So he is the essence of righteousness. And therefore, the earth, okay, Okay, belong to him. He's the Khalifa. The real Khalifa is him. When Adam walked on this earth as the Khalifa, he walked on the earth as the Khalifa because of the ethnic name of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You understand? That is very very important for us to think about. Why do we not to know him? Alayhi salatu wasallam. What are we going to study in the Sirah? It's going to take a long time. It's not a short time that we're going to go through to study the Sirah. It's going to be a long time. People need to be patient, people need to be regular, people need to listen. Okay? But there are 19 areas. Some of them will go vast. They may take a few weeks to study properly if we really want to go in depth. But there are merely 19 areas that we need to go through. Number one, okay? 
محمد النور محمد الإنسان الكامل محمد the light محمد the complete man or complete human this is the first chapter محمد before the creation of the creation for his sake that is a very important chapter you find missing in any books but righteous scholars write about it in fact if anybody w- went through a text written by Mahdeen Ibn al-Arabi called Shijarat al-Wujud it's a very beautiful absolutely beautiful uh, writing it is, it's like an essay it's not big but it's the best you ever find in writing about the creation okay maybe one day we can study it inshallah those who are interested we can study that okay Shijarat al-Wujud the tree of creation in that it tells you clearly يعني Muhammad is the essence of the creation without him the creation is a body without a spirit that is something important so Muhammad al-Nur Muhammad the light al-insan al-kamil the complete human number two halat al-alam qabla zuhurihi the state of the world before he appeared as Muhammad sallallahu the man walking on this earth number three asma'ihi his names, his attributes, his lineage, linking him to his father Adam, السلام, and his roots. Because a lot of people don't understand. يعني I have a, the Prophet family tree, I put in front of me. I promise you, it is in front of my prayer mat. Whenever I am feeling not myself, I open it to look at it. And I promise you, once I look at it, I feel good. It is just strange. I just begin to read Muhammad and take his mother Amina bint Wahb and link her back to Adam. And then I take his father Abdullah and take him back and link him to Adam. And then I take his uncles and then I take his uh, wives and then I take his children. By the time I come to Hussein and his children, Fatima and her children and I come like that, you feel good. Yeah, you feel good. Because this is why Allah created everything. And this is, if the, the tree, okay, the most important part of the tree, the trunk. This is the trunk of the tree. Without it, there is no branches. That's the whole thing. So we need to think of this beautiful, noble, okay, names of Muhammad Sallam. By the way, in the book that we read, Dalalul Khairat, there is 102 names we recite and read. But there is over a thousand attributes or names for Muhammad Sallam can be related to the Hadith and the Quran. And there is a collection. I have three volumes. There are four volumes. They promised to give me the fourth one. Okay, because they are not selling them. They are giving them free. There is a brother called Rivat, who lives in West London. Uh, they are doing them. They are publishing them. They are giving them. They are really absolutely beautiful names to go through them. If you can get this book, get it. Because the names. We can't go through the Sira going name by name because this is in itself. But it is important to look at some of the names. Especially those names from the Quran. Welcome. Those names from the Quran and those names from the okay, the hadith of Rasulullah. Then the next area we look into Wiladatahu Wahayatahu fi Sibah. Wiladatahu Wahayatahu fi Sibah. His birth, and his childhood and youth. That is a, a huge important area 
for people to understand and appreciate. Because if you knew Muhammad, the child, you can find, inshallah, within yourself, okay, all the positive things that you did like Muhammad. And all those things you missed to be like Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa So as a, a youth or an adult, you begin to rebuild and shape your life to be like him. Because life begins from a foundation, and the foundation of a human being is childhood. Hence, Rasulullah sallallahu says, okay, يعني, play with your children and love them for seven years. Many of us were neither loved nor played with. Everything we had is a slap, a slipper, and a shout. Okay? Many of us. And that is not the way of Muhammad. We don't think like that. So if you had the slap or the slipper or the shout from your parents, then perhaps when you have children, you don't do that. You begin to fulfill what Muhammad did with his children, what was done for him. He was loved. He was allowed to play. Can you imagine? From two weeks or three weeks old, he was in the countryside riding horses, playing with animals. So he became that human being, noble man. Then, number five, his works. He did different jobs in his life. He was a shepherd, okay? He was a keeper, looking after his uncle's things. He became a businessman, and then he became a leader of his nation. And then he became, okay, the most intelligent, noble, okay? You can call him president, prime minister, emperor, sultan, whatever you want to call him, because there is no man who ever established any political system on this earth as we know it in the shortest of time to be the most perfect other than Muhammad nobody nobody I promise you you read all the history there is always gaps look at our recent history those men who wanted to bring perfection to the world like Lenin or Mao Zedong but you look today their ideals are not followed in China today the difference between the very rich and the very poor is worse than before the revolution in China. Look at the communist state. Those who were trying to bring justice to the nation, today they're the oppressor, oppressors of the nation, controlling the wealth of the nation. So it doesn't make sense. And this is just two examples I'm giving because of the personality, not because of the nation themselves, because of the people. Okay? Lenin and Mao. But you can come to the Western world, you can go to the other worlds, and you can see what is going on. You will never find a man in the history better than Muhammad Sallam as a leader. He was the perfect leader for a nation. Then number six, Azwajuhu wa awladuhu. We need to look at his family through his wives and his children. And I promise you, this in itself, mile-buggling, you see? It will make my, your mind yani, think again and again. Because if, if I look today, in the Western world that we live in, we are thought of as people who oppress our women. We are thought of as people who force our girls to marry whom we want them to marry. We are degrading and demeaning to our females because we don't want them to go to college or school or to learn. Yet, the most noblest of women were the wife of Muhammad How come they not become the noblest when he was the most noble? How come they were the noblest? How could they be noble without knowledge? How could they be noble without understanding. They were masters of knowledge. All of them. There is not one single daughter 
wife of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, only they have great knowledge, and we should value them and put them up. I always fight for our women today because, unfortunately, people are looking down at us because of the way of ignorance that we have within our communities of mistreating our women. It is bad. Our women were not created to be servants. They were not created to be slaves or domestic okay, helpers at home. They were created to be partners, mothers. They were created uh, to be teachers at home. Al-Mar'a Rabbatul Bayt. The woman is the master of the house. Without her, there is no house. This is something that we need to think about also seriously. And then when we look at his children, you can find a lot of absolute beauty in the teaching okay, of those children that will benefit you and give you, inshallah, the best here and hereafter. Number seven, Nuzul al-Wahi. Okay? The coming down of the revelation. <laughs> this is very, very important. Okay? And that is a huge area whereby we need to link Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam okay, to that which is revealed to him, the Holy Quran. And subhanallah, one of the greatest scholars of the 20th century from Palestine, a good man, he wrote a book just talking about the seerah from the Quran, just from the verses, dividing it into six areas, which is absolutely beautiful, trying to show how this importance of the Prophet and the Quran that was revealed to him. Number eight, Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj, the journey by night to the heavens. This is very important to study by itself because <laughs> I haven't read anywhere else a story for any human being like Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj. Nothing. Only Muhammad had that journey. Only Muhammad had that privilege. Nobody else. There are others who asked, they were refused. There were others who tried, they couldn't. There are people today who are trying their best to get a chance like that, they will not be able to. It was only fit for one, it was fit for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as he said al-wasila. Okay? Allah al-wasila, ask Allah for me al-wasila. When he was asked what is it, he said it is one place in paradise fit for only one and I wish it will be for me. One place in paradise fit for only one person and I wish it will be for me, says that. So Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj will be something that we need to, inshallah, study in details. Number nine, Al-Hijrah. We need to go through migration. Al-Hijrah, by the way, as Ali ibn Abi Talib says, when you study it and think about it, don't think about the physical journey. Think about the spiritual journey. Because the spiritual journey is from Allah, okay, to Allah. And in that, you need to make sure in order for you to return to him, you remove yourself from the sin to the righteous good action. Al-Hijra min al-A'mal al-Sayyi'a ila al-A'mal al-Saliha. Migration from bad deeds to good deeds, whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can then accommodate you in his gardens. And then we need to look at the Hijra in the physical world of Hijra to Abyssinia twice, and then Hijra to Medina. Okay? And then the bigger Hijra of the Muslims all over the world, and the Islam that has taken place and taken root. And we need to take away the myth that Islam is spread by the sword. This is the myth. Okay? So we're studying the seerah, we can really think of that and happening. If you can just push this for the zikr. If you take this, just take this down. It is a little bit. Yeah, thank you. And then I think this will stop it from. 
for everybody because the zikr downstairs. Okay. Now, then we go through Al Ghazawat, the battles. And studying the battles of Rasulullah, mainly the big ones like Al Ahzab, Al Khandaq, Al Badr, okay, Uhud. These battles, when you study it, you realize that Muhammad was not a warmonger. He did not go out of his way to fight wars. In fact, he ran away from fighting, not because of cowardness, because of courage. Today, we fight wars. Who suffers the poorest? Who suffers the poorest? Muhammad, because he's a courageous man, he could stand and fight for himself. But he decided to escape so that the poorer people find no shame in escaping. Today, in any war zone in the world, the rich can escape. Those of power can escape. Those who have got people whom they know to help them, they can escape. But those who have nothing, they suffer. Go to Somalia, okay? Go to uh, uh, Iraq, go to Afghanistan, go to Pakistan, go to Syria today. Whenever there is war, only the poor suffer. And therefore, we need to look at this battle and realize that Muhammad Sallam was always attacked. He never went to attack, never. Okay, and we can prove that from this battle that he fought. Number 11, Mumtalakatu or Mukhallafatu, What did he own while he is living? What did he leave behind to be inherited? I promise you, when you read what is being left, you'll be shocked. Do you know that one of the signs of loving Muhammad, you should know exactly what he left, what he left behind? When my grandfather died, Rahmatullah Ali, in 1967, one of the things that he left for me, he was somebody who loved Muhammad Sallam. He left, left for me a poem written by hand by the greatest sheikh of the time where he lived, called Sheikh Ahmed al-Kurdufani, a man of karama in his hand, because he used to love him. And in it only he wrote what Muhammad left behind. And he wrote at the end to my grandfather, if you carry this with you, I promise you, you will never be harmed. I carry it with me. Yeah? Anyone want a copy? I'll give you a copy. But you'll not get the original. Okay? You can get the copy. You see. But it is beautiful. Okay? And when I read it, it's amazing. Simple things. And Muhammad, this great man, this noble man. Okay? This man who had the world in his hand or in his palm had very little. But yet he was very grateful, very content and shared everything with everyone he knew or not. His religion is to share. His religion is to share with those whom you know and those whom you don't. Everything. And therefore, Islam is sharing. When you travel to the Muslim land, you find the poorest of the people are always sharing. And then, showing care. Wallah, they will never ask who you are or feel frightened or close the door in your face. You are always welcome in their land because this is the way of Muhammad sallallahu then number 12, we come to the most important chapter in my life, akhlaquhu, his conduct and behavior, his manners. Imam al-Ghazali, rahmatullah alayhi, in Hi'ul al-Maddin, he wrote plenty, almost a whole book, about just some of his attributes. So in order to study all the attributes of Muhammad it's huge. But we take the most important that can link today with our life, to study them, look after them. And by the way, there are a lot of books written just about this. And people should 
acquire them and read them because you need to follow the conduct of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number 13, Hajjat al-Wada'a. Okay? The last sermon, Muhammad sallam. Okay? He spoke when he went for his final pilgrim. This is very important as well because in this, there is a lesson not just for us as Muslims, but for the world, for humanity at large. And in it, there are big, there are big messages. There are titles for men of understanding to study. Okay? And in that sermon, I promise you, if you can write it, hang it on your wall, and every day read it, you will find peace. I promise you, you'll find peace. Because in it, it's a whole message, or the cream of the message of Muhammad to the world. This is the last thing. They say, a noble man, the last thing he says is the best thing. So if you want that, carry it with you. Just read it. I promise you. Just every day read it. Not long. It's a speech. Very short, but the best speech ever a man has ever given in his life. Ali Abdul Salam. Number 14, Shakhsiyatahu. Okay? We need to look at his character being in different okay, roles. We look at Muhammad Sallam, the husband. We look at Muhammad Sallam, the father. We look at Muhammad Sallam, the neighbor. We look at Muhammad Sallam, the da'ya, the businessman, the shepherd. Muhammad Sallam, the prophet, the messenger. Muhammad Sallam, the warrior, the fighter, the army leader, the business, whatever. It is huge. When you look at it, it's amazing. In fact, once upon a time, I was reading all these different things. I read it from Sayyid Sheikh Saleh. And remembering the things he used to say, and wallah, there is no job I can think of Muhammad did not do. In fact, one of the scholars wrote the qualifications of Muhammad. Okay? <laughs> no man can ever say he is more qualified than Muhammad. He is the most qualified man ever to walk on this earth. If you study, if you get whatever certificate, diploma, degree, Muhammad has superseded all that. You know why? Because who knows who Allah is? If you know who Allah is, you know everything. We can't say that. All of us fall short. We say we know some, we know a little, but we don't know the whole thing. We are striving to get to that position. So, the personality of Muhammad Sallam, we will go through in depth, inshallah. And then, something close to my heart, because today people are as misguided about the different races, the different languages, the different tongues. People say, no, we are just, I'm just a Muslim. No, you should not be ashamed of your tongue, your roots, your background, your lineage, your culture. You shouldn't be. Allah created us and given us that. I am proud who I am. I'm happy Allah made me who I am. I accept who I am. But to say that we're all the same, that's not true. Allah says, we created you in different nations and tribes to know one another. So the, the test in accepting one another. But being black or white, okay, Pakistani or Indian, uh, African or European, doesn't make any difference. As long as you become noble by your act, by your word, by following the example of Muhammad Sallam, who came to show that example, alayhi afdal salatu wassalam. So that is important. So I'm going to talk about, in the Sira lessons, urubatuhu. Being an Arab. Because a lot of the Western writers among the Orientalists, they try to doubt Muhammad is an Arab. 
Some of them, they think that he was a descendant of the Jews. Maybe through Ibrahim, but not through Israel. Because Israel is the son okay, of Sayyidina Ishaq, and Ishaq is the son of Ibrahim. But he was a descendant of Ismail, and we can prove that when we study the names. So there are people who were trying to defame the roots of Muhammad Sallam, to say that he was not an Arab. He is an Arab, and it can be proven from the Quran. And we will say that, okay? Insha'Allah, when the time comes. And then number 16, Maqamahu wa Fadluhu. Wa Ahmad, MashaAllah, welcome. Maqamahu wa Fadluhu. His station, okay? And his bounty, alayhi abdullah salatu wasallam, his nobility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is important to study as well. And then number 17, Kutubuhu lil muluk. His writings to other leaders. There are many, but it is important to look at them. Because today, we go to university, we go to college, we are studying how to write. Okay? Let us look at how Muhammad wrote. Okay? And the way he chose the words. Okay? Which kind of words he used? What kind of uh, uh, understanding he had in acknowledging the people whom he is writing to in what, what format did he use? Okay? And he was the best in choosing the right words in writing the right messages to those whom he wrote to. No one received the message of Muhammad Sallam and he did not take serious lesson from it. Nobody. Messages are important. When I was young, one of the most important things I learned while I was with my sheikh, I was taught by the best people around me, whenever you have something right, I wrote a lot to my sheikh. And I promise you, when I was lucky and he replied to me, those letters he wrote to me are the most important literature I have. I will not sell it for the well. Because every letter, however short it is, is the best lesson I have ever received. Because they have taken the time. And one of the best men, may Allah reward him, may Allah reward him, and may Allah reward him in abundance. Whenever he is going to the sheikh, he always says to me, sheikh, write me a letter for the sheikh. Sometimes I forget. And sometimes I don't have time. It's when I say to him, inshallah, he said, no, go and do it now, so you don't forget. Because he wanted good for me. Because he knew he benefited that way, and I benefited too, and he will benefit from my benefit too. He was a good man, he was a good businessman, he knows how to profit. So by me writing, I'll get good things, he will get double what I get. So, alhamdulillah. So, Muhammad letters have got good things that we can benefit from, inshallah. Number 18, Hayatuhu ruhiya wa silatuhu birabbihi. His spiritual life and his link with his Lord. That is a big thing. From the time when he used to go to the cave and meditate, to the time when he used to spend the night standing up, reciting the Quran until his feet used to swell, to the time when he was most of the time sitting with the people, but yet he with Allah. And he used to say to them, alayhi If you see me while I'm sitting with you, my eyes are closed, my eyes are sleeping, but my heart is awake. Everything you do, I could see and I could hear. Nobody can say this today. While we are asleep, we are snoring. Once we snore, we don't know what's happening around us. But never Muhammad Sallam, while he's in the state of awake, being awake or asleep, he will not be aware. He's aware of everything. And the last thing, inshallah, we will look at, which is an area that people sometimes don't look into seriously, his death. There is lessons 
to learn. And I tell you, only a stone or a man or a woman who have a stone heart or a rock heart will not cry when you hear the death of Muhammad I tell you. I had never even known when I sit at home and read, if I want to cry and I'm finding it difficult, just read the death of Muhammad You will cry, I promise you. If there is a glimpse of hope in your heart of loving him, you will cry. Because you feel somebody is pulling your heart from your chest because he is going. Okay? That is what we're going to study, inshallah. I'm going to begin today by talking about the first area, okay? Muhammad al Nur, Muhammad the Light, alayhi salatu wasalam. And this is talking about the spiritual man before we come to talk about the physical man, Muhammad. Imam al Busayri, rahmatullah put this in a beautiful okay, verse in his poem, okay, the Burda. And by the way, al Busayri. He's the man who loved Muhammad Sallam because he knew him. If Busayri didn't know Muhammad Sallam, we would never love him like that. If Busayri did not, okay, loved Muhammad, he would not follow Muhammad. He was the best of the followers of Muhammad Sallam. His poetry speaks. Al-Burda is famous, although it, it's not the longest. Al-Humaziyya is the longest. Al-Muhammadiyya is another poem which is shorter than Al-Burda. And his writings are many. If you ever find any writing for him, read. Because you will gain a lot from his writing because there is a glimpse of the light of Muhammad Sallallahu in the writing of Al-Busayri. He says, okay, in this verse, فَهُوَ الَّذِي تَمَّ مَعْنَاهُ وَصُورَتَهُ ثُمَّ اصْطَفَاهُ حَبِيبًا بَارِئَ النَّسَمِ فَهُوَ الَّذِي تَمَّ مَعْنَاهُ وَصُورَتَهُ ثُمَّ اصْطَفَاهُ حَبِيبًا بَارِئَ النَّسَمِ He said, he it is, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Okay. Allah He it is, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whose meaning and form, والسلام, were perfected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that Allah can bring him closest to him and become the only one among his creation who will be called Al Habib. No one else. You can search the books. You can read the scriptures. You can go and do whatever research you want to do. You will never find any individual Allah has named as his beloved. Only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I challenge any man. Any man. Allah gave names to others. Musa, ruhahu. Isa, okay. Musa, kalimahu. Isa, ruhahu. Uh, Ibrahim Khalilahu, but, but Muhammad Sallam, Habibahu, والسلام, and this is said by him in, in the hadith. Okay? Now, I remember Busayri when he put this in the poem, when he says, It is he, Muhammad, وسلم, whom Allah has perfected his creation. He was talking about the creation spiritually, not talking about the physical format. Okay? Because he's talking about the earlier creation. Allah said in the Quran clearly, الرجيم, And here we are all honored. We have indeed honored the children of Adam. Every morning when you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror, don't you ever, 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 ever feel sad or be upset or say anything but Alhamdulillah. Because what you are looking at resembles Muhammad 
and I'll prove it to you. What you look at in the physical format resembles Muhammad. In Shijarat al-Kawn, in the tree of life, Ibn Arabi says, if you write the name Muhammad in the Arabic letters upside down or from up down, it is exactly like man. The meme is the head. Okay? The line of the meme is the neck. The ha is the body with the hands. The other meme is the waist. And the dial is the legs. Isn't it perfect? When I look at it, sometimes I do it myself like that. And I write, I look at it, amazing. So Sayyidina Muhammad when Allah made this format of the human being like that, it was him spiritually like that. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, say Alhamdulillah, he did. And you're supposed to do like him. If you truly love him, and you know him, and you want to follow him. You must say Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyani ba'dama amatani wa ilayhi nushur. Praise be to Allah who has given me my life back. After he has taken it while I am asleep, and to him is definitely or surely is my return. This is what he read. So you need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this honoring as being one of the children of Adam. The question is, why? When we read the Quran and we read this verse, Adam, and indeed we have honored the children of Adam, why Allah has honored the children of Adam? What is there in the children of Adam to be honored? Me and you, when we are living in a world today whereby we are oppressive to one another, we are discriminating against one another, we are abusive to one another, we fight one another, we insult one another, indeed we kill one another. When we know killing one another is haram. We do all the wrong things. Why Allah is honoring us? The malaika could be right when they said, why Allah you are creating on the earth? Those who will spill blood and create havoc and fitna. Calamity is happening because of us. Why? Allah says, I know that which you know. You, you know not. Which you know not. Because he knew these are the creation that were created because of the one whom Allah loved and brought closest to him, which is Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the Qudsi, in the noble hadith of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Jibreel alayhi salam, okay, Qala Rabbul Izza, the Lord Almighty Allah said, خَلَقْتُ مُحَمَّدًا أَوَّلًا مِنْ نُرُوَجْهِ I created Muhammad first from the light of my face. Now the creation of Allah is from kun fayakun. Kun fayakun. When Allah says to things be, they become. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to create, as I said at the beginning, okay, creation so that he will be known because he was a hidden treasure. And therefore, he created Muhammad sallam so that he will be known. Initially, there was nothing but Muhammad. This why there is La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. No link but this link. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. That's the idea. Think about it like Allah and Muhammad. If I see in the mosque sometimes, they write Allah and Muhammad. They are two names of a creator and a created being. Why those two names put together? Because he was there 
and there was nothing. He will be there and there will be nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Muhammad was created by him subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he will know him. Muhammad need to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said in the Quran, proving this to us, okay, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم قد جاءكم من الله نور وكتاب مبين He has come to you from Allah a light and a clear book Every one of us sitting here knows what is the clear book The clear book is Al-Quran But what is this light? Some people who want to speak without knowledge say The light is the Quran He has come to you from Allah The light which is the Quran And the clear book which is the Quran why? What is this light? Some people say, oh, the light is the knowledge. What is the Quran then? The Quran is the knowledge. What is this light? I'm asking. A lot of people dither. They don't want to say what is this light, but the light is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People like it or not, the light is Muhammad. Because it was spirit. This is something that you need to think about. The light is the light Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the highest of the muhaddithin, the man who related the majority of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallam, said, okay, and Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala anhu qal, qala Rasulullah sallam, khalaqani allahu min nurihi. He related himself. The first hadith was Allah's hadith, Allah's word. This is Muhammad sallam telling the companion, Allah created me from his light. When a man walking saying, Allah created me from his light, what are you going to say? You can't say nothing. You either accept it or reject it. But we as the believers, we accept it. Allah created Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from his light. But we need to know. And we will come to that to know exactly how that did took place. Once upon a time, as related in the seer, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari okay Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari is a very great companion he is loved and cared for by the prophet sallallahu this is reported in al-musannaf if people want to look further it's a very good book by abd al-razzaq it's a very good book whoever passes through it there are a lot of beautiful ahadith related to the prophet early beginnings spiritually he asked, the Prophet asked Jabir, what do you think the first creation of Allah is, O Jabir? What do you think? He's asking. Because the Prophet one method or methodology of teaching his companion is by questioning them. What, what do you think Allah created? And the companion were graceful in their ways. They didn't jump to conclusion or thought to have the knowledge. We always think we know. But he taught them to always relate the knowledge to those who have the knowledge. Don't speak without knowledge. If you don't know, say, Allahu A'lam. So the companion always used to relate to the Prophet Allahu wa Rasuluhu A'lam. Allah and his messenger are most aware of the knowledge. So Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari, being a noble man, said, Allahu wa Rasuluhu A'lam. Allah and his messenger are aware of this more than myself. And then the Prophet quickly answered him and said, Nuru Nabiyika Jabir. The light of your Prophet, O Jabir. The light of your Prophet, O Jabir. So here, the Prophet is confirming again, the fairest of the creation that Allah has created is the light of Muhammad, 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is something that we need to think about. Now, this is a beautiful hadith from the Prophet confirming again that he was the first creation. This hadith is reported by the Sheikh of Imam Muslim. Imam Muslim of the collection of the Sahih Muslim. His Sheikh, okay, who's called Muhammad Umar al-Adani, reported this hadith. Al-Qadi Iyad, no, close it, because they're just trying to come through here to go maybe to the bathroom. Al-Qadi Iyad, okay, the one who wrote al-Shifa, the book al-Shifa, the Seerah, also reported this hadith. Okay, in that book you can find it, inshallah. This hadith is beautiful because it relates more to this light to confirm that it was the first creation. There was no creation. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu the messenger peace be upon him said, Kuntu nooran bayna yaday Allah. Kuntu nooran bayna yaday Allah. I was the light before the hand of God. Azza wa Jal, Almighty. Qabla ay yukhlaq Adam bi alfay aam. Before the creation of Adam, 2,000 years, before the creation of Adam, I was there before Allah. Allah has created me from his light, and I was there 2,000 years before Allah created Adam in the physical format. This light whom Allah created first was glorifying Allah and the Malaika were glorifying Allah. The Malaika were glorifying Allah, okay? With this glorification, which this light was repeating. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam, he put this light in his mouth. Now, subhanAllah, before I came, I was looking Ibn Arabi, I just said, I pray my makrib, I just opened it, it's sitting in front of me, every time I open it, I read it. And he says, subhanAllah, when Allah said to the malaika, go to the earth, bring me from it is mud. The earth doesn't have a single variety of mud, there are many, I know of 23 different varieties, and maybe there is more. But the most blessed part of this earth as a mud, in the most blessed place on this earth, you know where? Where the Kaaba is. Where the Kaaba is built, this is the best place. If somebody will have a right to be buried inside there, you are buried in the best place. From that mud, okay, comes the body of Muhammad Sallam. And the righteous people, the prophets, yes. The worse you are, you are from a, a mud that is distance. Okay? Even the earth itself, it is mud that is blessed and there is that which is not blessed. You have to think about it like that. And therefore, the words of the humans who are going to remain forever in the hellfire because they are disobedient to Allah from the worst part of the earth, physically. Why I'm saying this? Because I'm saying when Allah brought the mud and mixed it together, He put the light into it. The light stayed in the mud of the Kaaba, where the Kaaba is built. And therefore that's the best. 
and the rest got a glimpse of the light. The closer to the mud where the light is has some righteousness in it. The further one has nothing. That's the idea. If you can put the center mud or the mud of the Kaaba or where the Kaaba is built and the light of Muhammad was put there and the rest is just getting a glimpse of the light. So the light is going out, fading, fading, fading until the edges. That's it. And it goes deeper than that, but this is where I'm going to leave it here. But this hadith tells you one thing. That light was created to worship Allah. And that light was repeating the worship of Allah through a tasbih. And when he was doing the tasbih, the malaika were making the same tasbih. So the malaika could not make the tasbih before him. When he began the glorification of Allah, the malaika began to glorify Allah. This is why he is complete. Why he is complete and there is further we say later on. Sayyidina Muhammad clearly in his lifetime through his teaching distinguished between Muhammad the spirit Muhammad al-Nur and Muhammad al-Jasad Muhammad the body, the physical. He told us a lot about this. In different ahadiths reported in the Sahih books and I'm going to quote them because a lot of people when they read the seerah they don't find those ahadiths. When they find them in the books of Sahih they, they, don't, they just leave them aside. They will never even quote them. And I don't know why. Although they are, they are hadith sahih, they should quote them because it's been said. I will quote for you and I'll tell you where they come from. Okay? قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كنت نبيا وآدم بين الروح والجسد He صلى الله عليه وسلم says I was a prophet and Adam was still mud and water. What does that mean? What it means is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to create it, okay, the human being, he created the spirit from his light and named that spirit Muhammad. Name that spirit Muhammad, the praised one. Okay? And he commanded him to glorify him and he began to glorify Allah and the malaika from him were created from that light of the praise and they began to glorify Allah with the same glorification he was glorifying Allah with. Okay? When Adam السلام, later on was to be created as a physical body, Muhammad Sallam was already there. Allah has given him the position of glorification and through that teaching he became a prophet. Because the prophet is someone who is being taught. A prophet literally means a teacher. That's why Rasulullah said, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ مُعَلِّمَا I was only sent as a teacher. Therefore, every prophet is a teacher. And all messengers must be prophets. Because they have to teach. How could you send a messenger without knowledge? Okay? Allah never sends a messenger who is an ignorant person. So when we say, Muhammad al-Nabi al-Ummi, Ummi doesn't mean ignorant. Ummi meaning illiterate. There are noble men who are knowledgeable, who are scholars by right, but they can't write a letter. That's the idea. Yeah? And I can name many scholars. The, at the back, 
of Morocco, the Sheikh, very famous, wrote one of the best books in spirituality called Ibris, and he had to dictate it. <laughs> he said, he can't write. Okay. This is something special. My father was a scholar in his own right, and his father was a scholar and he could write beautifully, but my father deliberately was not taught to write because my grandfather wanted him to be Ummi. He called him Ahmed, and Nabi al-Ummi. Okay, he called him Ahmed because Ahmed is a Nabi al-Ummi. Okay, and I'm giving the good tiding of a prophet who will come after me. His name will be Ahmed, the best. Who says so? Isa alayhi salam to his people. Ahmed and Nabi al-Ummi, the prophet who is illiterate. So when my father was named Ahmed, his father taught him, but without reading and writing. So he knew the Quran by heart. He memorized hadith by heart. He taught as well, but he did not write. So being an ummi, an illiterate, it doesn't mean ignorant. Ignorant means you know nothing. Okay? You know nothing. You haven't learned anything. Learning is by hearing. To learn, you need to listen, you need to observe, you need to comprehend. Comprehension not by the brain. It's by the heart. They have hearts through which they do not understand. So understanding comes from there. This is something that we need to think about. This hadith, by the way, is reported by Al-Bukhari. But you will never hear people quoting it. They will talk about Sira, but they will never say, Kuntu nabiyan wa adam wal-ma. Why? It is in Bukhari? Sahih. But they will quote you other hadith, but this doesn't fit. <laughs> it cannot be swallowed. It will enter into a zone whereby in order for them to expand their knowledge, they need to go to a deeper part of spirituality, whereby to them it's not authentic, because they have no understanding of it. There is no authentic spirituality, and non-authentic. Spirituality is one spirituality, because nobody knows the ruh, only Allah, and only those whom Allah has allowed them to learn. So if either you know it or you don't know it. But you cannot say, I know authentic spirituality. So, <laughs> spirit is one. And spirit is, is authentic. There is, <laughs> there, is no, there is nothing, okay? Because it's from Allah. This is nonsense to say authentic spirituality. Where did it come from? I don't understand. Allah is one. The spirit is from Allah. And you cannot say anything, but it is the truth. Also it is reported in Al-Hakim. I'm giving this because everybody listening to this should understand. This is not coming from people's desire. We don't speak about Muhammad from our desire. We speak about Muhammad from what Allah says in the Quran and from what he said from his tongue that does not speak only the truth. Allah spoke and spoke the truth. And his Prophet always spoke the truth. He said to him, وسلم, Allah is telling him, Allah, ya Muhammad. Say to them, Allah has spoken the truth. Allah. It's something you need to think about. It. So whenever you read the Quran, say, Nothing wrong with that. It's not bid'ah, as people think. And another hadith, he says, And Adam is still a piece of mud. That means Adam was not, the physical body is still not being created. This is to prove that 
There is a big difference between the physical body and the spiritual body. وَآدَمْ بَيْنَ الطِّيرِ وَالْمَاءِ And Adam is between the mud and the water. It's still not been mixed to be the man he is. And then he said, أَنَا كُنْتُ نَبِيًّا I want the Prophet, Muhammad Sallallahu is saying. أَنَا كُنْتُ نَبِيًّا I want the Prophet. Not here, there. وَأَبُوكُمْ آدَمْ لَمْ يَكُنْ And your father Adam was not. Was not here. No Adam. يعني physically we were not on this earth. Why I'm telling you this is that this noble, great man, this wonderful, beautiful human being, before you think of him as the man who married and ate and bottled and had children so that you can think of him like yourself, la wallah, he was more noble than that. Because you will never gain his love and be able to follow him sincerely as Allah commanded the Quran until you know who this man is. Muhammadun Bashar. Muhammad is indeed a human. Like al Bashar, but not like other humans. He is indeed like a diamond among the rocks. The sisters are sitting. One of you want to go and gift his wife or his sister or his mother or some woman he's going to marry. Go and pick her a pebble from the sea and say, I'm gifting you this beautiful rock. She will throw it in your face. Because she knows the value of the real rock. Diamond is not just general rocks. Think Muhammad is not like any other man. And many people say, well, he's the man who brought his يعني, message, delivered it, and he died. Ya Salam. Ya Salam. How come you think of such a thing in your mind and you know this man was sent as a mercy to the world? How come? No wonder we are as wicked as the Jahiliya people used to be, oppressing one another, discriminating against one another, abusing one another, insulting one another, backbiting one another. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, came to abolish all this. He said all those things. Do not hate one another. Do not envy one another. Do not fight one another. But we do. Because we don't think of Muhammad as a noble man, now, another hadith reported by Muslim give you a great understanding of this noble prophet as a spiritual being. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا قاتل أحدكم أخاه فليكتنب الوجه If one of you fights his brother then he should avoid hitting him in the face. I often ask myself why in Islam some scholars say boxing should not be allowed? But when you read this hadith, it tells you. The Prophet says, clearly, if one of you fight his brother, he should avoid hitting him in the face. Why the face? Yani, am I allowed to kick him in the stomach? Kick him in his arms? and Kick him in the back and the legs? Why not the face? Listen what Rasulullah said. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى خَلَقَ آدَمْ عَلَى صُورَتِهِ For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created Adam alayhi salam upon his image. The question should be upon whose image? The Christians according to their understanding Allah created man on his image. The Muslims 
are to correct this understanding because it is wrong. For Allah has no image. Allah has no image. Don't you ever, ever, ever imagine Allah. How he is. You are not allowed to think like that. It's forbidden in Islam. As Allah says in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, فَكِّرُوا فِي صِفَاتِ وَلَا تَفَكَّرُوا فِي ذَاتِ Do ponder upon my attributes, but never, never, ever, ever ponder of how I am. You will not be able to. You will be just immersed. When people are meditating, and their meditation coming from desire, there are two areas you go to. Either you go to darkness or light. And when you reach it, if you are in the darkness, you see nothing. And if you are in the light, there is nothing. It's shocking. Seriously. All people who meditate today, whatever religion they follow, meditation is when you eat less, sleep less, and think a lot. And you keep thinking and thinking and thinking until you begin to get out of your physical presence. And spiritually, you travel to a zone. But either you are in the dark or you are in the light. However, dimension you are in, you see nothing. Many people want to see something. If you hear today in the modern kind of science, they say people who are dying, when their soul is coming out, they see a tunnel of light. So they keep asking, them, what did you see? Did you see heaven? <laughs> did you see the garden? When they say, no, what did you? I said, just saw light. That's it. That's the end of it. Nothing else. But there is a lot to see. There is a lot to see. I promise you. There is a lot to see. But you will never be able to see it until you know. Knowledge is the essence. If you don't know, you see nothing. Whether you are righteous or in the wrong path, you see nothing. You need to learn to get to understand and see. Which image then Allah is talking about here? Khalaga Abukum Adam ala suratihi. He created your father Adam upon his image. Allah doesn't have an image. Who is this whom Allah created Adam upon his image? It's the first light. It's the light of Muhammad sallam. It's the light whom he called Muhammad the praised sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This light upon which everything is created had a shape. Okay? A head, a neck. Shoulders, arms, body, legs. But it is light. Spirit. And therefore, if you want to do, know this properly, if you see yourself in the dream, and then you look from yourself down, and you see yourself lying in the bed, then there is two of you. There is only one. But that is the body. And who is looking is the spirit. But the spirit and the body are the same. In looks. And you can't think, oh, my body is ugly, but my spirit is beautiful. <laughs> I promise you, you are the same. If you take your spirit out and put it next to your body, it's the same. It's a mirror image of yourself. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he called that light, okay, who wanted him to be the inheritor of the earth, Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon that image he created Adam. So Adam physically looked like Muhammad, exactly. And the nearest looking like Muhammad in his time was his daughter Fatima. Look exactly like him. And there are people today who look like Muhammad. But you need to find them. They look exactly like him. Human beings. If you dream and saw Muhammad 
exactly you can find a man today looking like Muhammad or woman in the pictures exactly like you okay now the fulfillment of understanding this that this light which was mixed in the mud of Adam which made the humans who are today us is Muhammad who was the prophet beforehand it is that whom Allah has commanded the malaika to prostrate for we understand this from the prophet he says no human should prostrate for a human and no one should prostrate for a human no we shouldn't do that but Allah commanded the malaika to prostrate for Adam who is Adam? he's a human being why did Allah suddenly ask high creation like the malaika who are sinless to prostrate for a human being? The prostration for your understanding should not be taken for Adam the body, the mother and water. The prostration is for Muhammad the spirit inside. Yeah. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فإذا ثويته ونفخت فيه من روحي فقعوا له ساجدين and when I perfect his physical body and I blow into him from my spirit, then fall onto your forehead, prostrating for him. They prostrate for Allah. They're not supposed to prostrate for the creation. But when the spirit of God into him, they prostrate for that spirit. What are we? Spiritual? Yes, we are. But we are physical too. But we should always see our honoring, not through the bodies that we have, but through the spirits that are within. Today the world is going rotten and going wrong because we are doing everything and spending all the wealth on the earth to perfect our creation physically. Women spend billions to look younger, to look smarter, to look more even in plastic surgery. This is useless. Because it's going to get old. You cannot cut a beautiful apple from the tree, put it to look at it, because after a week it will rot. It will look very old. The skin okay, will become very old in that way. Open for... And then, another time, when the prostration was asked for, it's for Sayyidina Yusuf Now Sayyidina Yusuf is a noble young boy whom his brothers plotted against him and they accused him and they lied against him and then they threw him in the well, left him for dead, he was taken, he was sold, he was enslaved, the queen of Egypt put him into trouble and he was put in prison. Okay? But yet, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored him by asking his mother, his father, his brothers to all prostrate for him. And the most unique thing about this in the story in the Quran, Allah shown him this in the dream. And I would like you to ponder a little bit at this moment of time that dreams are nothing to be taken lightly. You must take your dream seriously. But there is a ru'ya wa hulm. A ru'ya min al-Rahman 
والحلم من الشيطان I want you to distinguish between the two الرؤية والحلم الرؤية meaning the true dream from Allah الرحمن and there is the حلم the nightmare okay it's from shaitan distinguish between them الرؤية واضحة جلية الرؤية is clear you could see it it can be very short but it have a hidden message in it it's a lesson from Allah it's a directive for you to live your life to carry on with your living but on the other side the shaitanic okay dream that you see has no meaning it's something that you need to distance yourself from and the Prophet ﷺ says in order for you to see the right dream ask Allah and when you see a, a terrible dream spit three times without a spit and don't you ever go and relate to your brother or sister that I have seen a bad dream about you. Don't say it. But rush to them and relate to them a good dream you have seen. For he, sallallahu instructed, Bashiru wa la Give the good news, not the bad news. In the Western world here, you have this idea of, I have a good news and bad news. Which one shall I tell you first? <laughs> I don't want to know the bad news. Just tell me the good news. The bad news for yourself. Bury it. Whatever you want to do with it. I don't want to know about it. So Sayyidina Yusuf السلام, for his patience, his tolerance, his good conduct, his good behavior, everything he did, his reliance upon Allah, his dhikr, his ibadah, his heart, which is pure and clean, not having any grudges or anger or hatred against his brothers who did rotten things for him. And look at any one of us here sitting, you must have an anger towards somebody. And you say, well, I am human. I have the right to be angry. You have no right to be angry. You have no right. If you want to be the human, like Muhammad Sallam. You can. Some people say, well, I, I can't be like the Prophet. Of course, definitely you cannot be like the Prophet. You will never be like the Prophet. But you are supposed to try to be like him. Your duty to strive to become like him. So, Sayyidina Yusuf did strive. Subhanallah, you learn this reading his story, but you learn the best when he's sitting with the prisoners, in the prisons. He did not shun them. He did not discriminate against them. He did not tell them off. But he told them, I come from a noble blood, from fathers who are learned. And they taught me to do what I do. Because they questioned him, why do we see you praying and everything? After all this trouble you went through? He said, no. Even if I'm in trouble, I am supposed to do this. This is my nature. And when they saw the dream, he explained to them. Now when he came out of the prison, السلام, and his brothers came anxiously wanting to know what he will do with them, he didn't say, I'm going to teach you a lesson. He didn't say, I'm going to take revenge. We do this. Wait until you see what I'm going to do with you. No. Subhanallah. He said to them, okay, la alaykum. You have wronged me not. But he did not stop there. He went further. He insisted to them that I am going to ask Allah today and he will definitely forgive you. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. I am going to ask him to forgive you. I wish we are like that. If you really want to be spiritual, you have to take anything of hatred towards anybody. Don't tell me there are something you cannot... I cannot relinquish this. No, no, no. As long as your heart have any hatred, any grudges, any envy, any jealousy, any anger, you cannot be Muhammad the spirit. 
You cannot link yourself with Muhammad. Many people come to me and say, I'm trying my best, I'm doing everything, I can't see Muhammad. Do you have hatred in your heart? Well, there is just one this person I can't forgive. You can't see Muhammad. I promise you. You have to, your heart has to be pure from everything that will distance you from Muhammad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaitan rajim wa rafa'a bawayhi ala al-arsh. And he raised his father and mother to the throne where he's sitting. Who is this? The little boy who was shunned by his brothers. Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُجَّدًا His father, his mother, his father is a noble prophet. Imagine Israel today is named after him. Bani Israel, the children of Israel, are his children. This great man, to his little child, he makes sujood. He didn't bow. Like today people curse you or bow to the queen. They prostrated their noses and forehead on the floor. For whom? For the spirit within that young man. The spirit which is pure and clean. The spirit which is linked to Muhammad. Definitely Yusuf, in the creation of the mud of Adam, when the light of Muhammad was put in it, he was next to him. How close are you to Muhammad is how much do you carry in your heart of hatred and anger and grudges. The more you carry, the further you are from the light of Muhammad. Are you with me? I'm trying to tell you something that will benefit you. So when you make salawat for Muhammad, you can make a million salawat. But if you carry in your heart that which Muhammad does not carry, you will not be able to. Nobody will prostrate for you. Neither heaven or earth will cry over you when you die. Allah said about those people who are like full of hatred inside and grudges and anger. Allah said, Neither the heaven nor the earth cried over them when they passed away. What should they cry for? They cry only for those people who were carrying the noble light of Muhammad in themselves. I want us to realize that so that we can carry this light. The world needs this light today. Relinquish every anger. Forgive everybody who wronged you. And seek forgiveness from anybody whom you wronged. Then your forgiveness will be true. Now, subhanAllah, look. This is, this is Yusuf. And Yusuf is from the light of Muhammad. Abu Bakr Sadiq. Why he is chosen to be close to Muhammad? Because he was close to the light of Muhammad. He was like him. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman. So anybody who is close to Muhammad, I'm telling you, his mud was shining with the light of Muhammad. Yeah, that's the idea. Therefore, the spirit of man is important because in it is the secret of the light of Muhammad That's the idea. Okay? And therefore we say Muhammad and nur I teach you one salah and you have permission to read. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin al-Nuri wa alihi. I promise you by Allah, I promise you by Allah, if you read this salah and you have no grudges or hatred against anybody, you don't envy anybody, you're not jealous, your heart is pure and clean and you are just forgiving, you are a mad, people can walk over you. Even if people wrong you, you just forgive them, you will see Muhammad sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin al-Nuri wa Ali. Oh Allah, make salawat for Muhammad the light and his family. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin al-Nuri wa Ali. This is very, very important salawat. Okay? My great grand sheikh received it from his presence. And therefore, in it, 
there is the secret of prophethood, the secret of knowledge. So each one of us, within your spirit, there is an area which have got the secret of prophethood, the secret of knowledge. But you need to illuminate it. You need to enlighten it. Enlightenment, like people are seeking spirituality today, they are taking it in a different way. Enlightenment cannot come by just pure meditation or just reading books or going for lectures. Many things. And then you get the enlightenment. Okay, but it is within you. You need to bring it out. Mambo Sayri, okay, says, وَكُلِّ آيٍ أَتَ الرُّسُلُ الْكِرَامُ بِهَا وَكُلِّ آيٍ أَتَ الرُّسُلُ الْكِرَامُ بِهَا And every sign the noble prophet brought forth, فَإِنَّمَا اتَّصَلَتْ مِن نُورِهِ بِهِمِ Allahu Akbar. Every miracle a prophet brought, it was linked to that prophet through the light of Muhammad Think about it. And when you read this in Arabic, the Musayri was clever. Allah bless him. Okay? There is no miracle. They say when Allah saved Nuh in the ark, he was only saved because of the light of Muhammad. Because he was carrying the light of Muhammad in his back. Okay? When Ibrahim السلام, was saved in the fire, he was saved because he was carrying the light of Muhammad. When Musa السلام, okay, was given the opportunity to save his people and come out also because of Muhammad وسلم, and so on. Okay? This is something that we need to think about. فَإِنَّهُ شَمْسُنُ فَضْلٍ هُمْ كَوَاكِبُهَا فَإِنَّهُ شَمْسُ فَضْلٍ هُمْ كَوَاكِبُهَا يُثْهِرْنَ أَنْوَارُهَا لِلنَّاسِ فِي الظُّلَمِ Imam Basayri says, for indeed Muhammad is a light that is given to us as a bounty from Allah. And all the prophets okay, are like the planets to the sun. The sun is where the male light comes from and the other planets benefit from the light of the sun. Muhammad anyone who looks into him by the means of wanting to really know him, he will allow you to know him. If you really want to know Muhammad, he will present himself to you. Somebody asked, what does Allahumma salli ala Muhammad mean? What is it? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Oh Allah, you make salawat for Muhammad. So we are not making it. When you say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, you are not making the salah. You know why? Because the salah for Muhammad from us is unfitting for him. Not fitting. Because we have got all those bad thoughts, bad feelings, our minds are corrupt. Imagine you are saying Allahumma salli ala Muhammad and your mind is somewhere else. Your eyes are somewhere else. Your mind is thinking about terrible things. Your heart is feeling rage and anger. It doesn't fit. Just like there is a noble person in front of you and you are supposed to serve them a beautiful drink and you take this beautiful drink in a very dirty glass and you pour it and give it to them. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. So you need to understand we are not fit enough to make salawat for him so we ask Allah to make it himself to him. Because the salah is not for Muhammad the physic. The salah is for Muhammad the spirit. Are you with me? That's the idea. Yeah, this is, you need to think yourself. Then Allah can open. Because they say, if you ponder, Allah will open your heart for you. 
So you need to think about those things. Then Allah will open for you to understand. Rasulullah said it clearly here to make us appreciate. We have the light of him in us. It is upon us to enlighten that light so that we can link to him. Then we can link to Allah. He says, قال Rasulullah I am from Allah. We know how he is from Allah. He is the light of Allah who created from his face. He named him Muhammad. From him he created Adam in the shape of the mud. Put them together and then we are here. So each one of us have the light of Muhammad in him. But he is from Allah. That means we are from Allah. Are you with me? We are from him because we have the spirit. We are the believers, aren't we? Are we believers or not? We are the believers. And therefore, and the believers are from me. He is from Allah and the believers are from him. Okay? Because he is directly from him. But we are directly from Muhammad. And therefore the hadith says, Ana If somebody says, Ana min al-bayt, Allahu Akbar. We love al-bayt. Because they are from the blood of Muhammad, from Atina, in the same mud. But if I am not from the same Tina, but I, I love Muhammad He says, I am the grandfather of every pious person. You understand? If you are pious, Muhammad is your grandfather spiritually. Because the, the, your sheikh is your spiritual father. And ultimately the sheikh of all the mashaykh Muhammad And therefore he is the master. He's sitting there. Okay. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then put the light of Muhammad before him and instructed it to glorify him, he taught him everything. Every little knowledge that any human being will require to live in this world, to be able to function as a human being and to be able to use the world here or above, whatever invention a man can make, Muhammad knows, Whatever writing a man needs to write or be inspired to write, Muhammad knows. Whatever poetry a man is inspired to write, Muhammad knows. Anything Muhammad knows. Because Allah taught him all the knowledge. Yeah? That's the idea. When Allah said, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءِ In the Quran. And he taught Adam the knowledge. Knowledge, by the way, in today's world, you are taught you need to have a sharp brain. But the brain, by the way, is only for putting the knowledge. It is the place where you store your knowledge. It's your hard drive. In it, there is knowledge already Allah put there, right and wrong. Didn't we give him two eyes? And a tongue and two lips. And we have guided him to know the right and the wrong. Everybody have got this knowledge there. Okay? Just like when you buy your computer, there is software already inside for it to function. But then you have to add on, buy on, that the knowledge you acquire. The same thing with the human being. Okay? So, Adam, alayhi salam, when Allah taught him the knowledge, it is within that spirit the heart. So the heart, where the understanding takes place, where the pondering takes place. So don't sit and think with your mind. Because you're going to get a headache. You will not... 
<laughs> you're not gonna the pondering is by the heart okay the understanding is through the heart but this is needing to cleanse your heart okay okay so we need to think about it. there is a lot written about this what is the knowledge what's the knowledge the knowledge by the way is la ilaha illallah this is the knowledge everything is la ilaha illallah from this comes everything Allah said to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam O Muhammad have the knowledge be aware of the knowledge that there is none worthy to be worshipped but Allah once you know Allah you know everything that's it if you know Allah you know everything you understand what I'm saying and therefore if you really want to cut your journey short cleanse your heart from every hatred anger Jealousy, whatever, grudges. Keep yourself clean and pure. Have no bad thoughts, no bad feelings. And say, La ilaha illallah. I promise you, Allah will teach you. Who says so? Allah said in the Quran, Allah. Do fear Allah, and Allah will teach you. He will become your teacher. But how could we become fearful of Allah if we just say la ilaha illallah? If you avoid what I said to you, avoid, and you keep repeating la ilaha illallah regularly without fail, you will become taqi. Why? Because here, kalimat taqwa. Here, kalimat taqwa. La ilaha illallah is the word of piety. It's the key to piety. The companion became the greatest man to walk on this earth because of that. Allah said in the Quran, وَأَلْزَمَهُمْ كَلِمَةَ التَّقْوَى وَكَانُوا أَهْلَهَا وَأَحَقَّ بِهَا And he made them fame in continuously reciting the word of piety, La ilaha illallah, and they were the people of La ilaha illallah. And they were the most deserved of having it. Look at the history. Who were the best men to any prophet or any companion, to a company, to any leader, but the companion of Muhammad sallam. They're the best people. There is no alaykum as-salam, Ahmed, mashallah, Ahmed, as-salam alaykum. There is nobody greater, higher, okay, in humanity after Muhammad sallam and the Prophet than the companion of Muhammad sallam. They are the highest. Wa alaykum as-salam, Ahmed, marhabbik, inshallah, tayyib. So this is it. فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ Allah said in the Quran, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا And he taught Adam all the names. Another contradiction I would like you please to think carefully don't go out and tell me it is written in a tafsir or somebody says Adam al -asma, he taught them the name of things spoon ice cream hijacking niqab toilet astaghfirullah he doesn't need to learn those things this can come when he taught him the name taught him the name of the best of men and women to come. Because it was a challenge. Okay? قَالَ أَنْبِئُهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ He said to Adam, after this, he said, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءِ قَالَ أَنْبِئُهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ Tell them their name. Which names? Look at it from the, from the verse of the Quran. Please think. Don't just read. وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءِ And he taught Adam the names. He didn't say he taught Adam the knowledge. He taught Adam the names. What names? People say the names of things. No, no, no. I'm not with that. He taught Adam the names 
of those whom he wants the malaika to be challenged with. Because they said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why are you creating man when he will go to the earth and ruin it by spilling blood and creating fitna on it? Allah said, I know that which you don't know, which you don't know. So he then taught Adam the names of those who will come from him, who will be the righteous people. What a beautiful thing. Okay? It's something that you need to think about. And therefore Imam al-Busayri said, لَكَذَاتُ الْعُلُومِ مِنْ عَالَمَ الْغَيْبِ لَكَذَاتُ الْعُلُومِ مِنْ عَالَمَ الْغَيْبِ وَمِنْهَا لِآدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءُ O Muhammad, you have all the names from the world of the spirit. But for Adam, only the names of those whom Allah taught. Muhammad has all the knowledge. Do you understand? All the knowledge belong to Muhammad. Adam was just taught one chapter of it, the names. What he uttered at that time, that's it. فَاللَّهُ أَظْهَرَهُ ثُمَّ صَوَّرَهُ فَنَبَّأَهُ وَأَخْبَرَهُ فَكَانَ صلى الله عليه وسلم مُنَبِّئًا وَمُخْبِرًا مِنَ اللَّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought him by kun as a light alayhi afdar salatu wassalam then he shaped him by his name and musawwir and named him the praised one Muhammad alayhi afdar salatu wassalam then he informed him and taught him and therefore he became a nabiyu a rasul from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You understand? He is because of the knowledge he was taught, the knowledge he was taught, he became the prophet and the messenger to mankind. Allah said, subhanahu wa ta'ala in a hadith Qudsi, to link this to what I said earlier. Okay? لولاك لولاك ما خلقت الأفلاك O Muhammad sallallahu if it is not for you, I would have never created the creation. Al-Aflaq here meaning the creation. Anything! Malaika, heavens, the earth, everything in the heaven or the earth will not be created if it is not for Muhammad sallallahu Nobody can challenge this. So if anybody asks you about what you learned today, you say, just say this, this is sufficient. If it is not for Muhammad, nothing will be created, alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu from him comes everything. Well, they might say, oh, this hadith is da'if. Where did you get this hadith from? This is Sahih, reported by Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, and reported by Imam al-Hakim, and others. These are Sahih books. By the way, Sahih is not only Bukhari and Muslim. There are some people, when they find these hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, because they think they are the only correct hadith, and they challenge you, then when they find this in Bukhari and Muslim, they would love to take them away from Bukhari. Because then they, you can't just ask, Allah, I'm telling you, honestly. When I tell people, when they say, where did you get this from? I was in a conference, once somebody said to me, where did you get this hadith from? I said, it's from Bukhari. I was a prophet and Adam is still mud and water. He said, what is this? You're supposed to be a scholar quoting this hadith. He said, it's from Bukhari. Bukhari. He went back, I think, talked to some people. And then he hid away from me. Astaghfirullah. Why? This is the reality. We're not going to teach. Nobody who is going to be spiritual, linked to Muhammad will teach about the truth. All what I'm teaching you is from different teaching of our spiritual teachers and masters. And wallah, nobody write like them. 
because it's from the heart to the heart. Yeah? Their writing is the best. Anybody else who writes from the mind, it can only reach the mind and the mind will have a headache. Nothing else. Okay? Okay. Now, I'm going to finish by telling you how do we come into this. If Muhammad Sallam was the first creation as Nurullah, as the complete human who was brought onto this earth to live on it when Allah created Adam, the dark, from the mud of the earth. The good earth and the bad earth. And when he mixed that earth with the light of Muhammad Sallam, his light from which his body, inshallah, will be formed, it was from the Kaaba land. And the rest of us from different land. The worst of us as humans were distance to the light of Muhammad. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before he put us as spiritual beings on the body of Adam, the mud, he questioned us. It is said upon the plane of Arafah before, okay, Adam was created. And he asked a question to all of us as spiritual beings. Alastu bi rabbikum? Anti your Lord? What did we say? Of course. Bala. Qalu bala. Now, the scholars say, Allah looked at that time to all the spiritual beings who are standing before him. He brought the closest in light to him and called them my righteous. This is a very important thing to think about. The closest, I'm going to bring it upside down. From Muhammad, everyone. But I'm going to bring it from down, up. He brought among those who said, Bala, those who will be the most purest, asfahum wa anqahum. Okay? The most purest, the most cleanest. He called them the righteous, as-salihun. Then he looked at them thoroughly. And from them he took the most knowledgeable. Because he already told them, and they were the prophets. 313,000 of them only. Imagine, billions of humans. Only 313 were so lucky. Thousand. And then he looked at them, all of them, thoroughly. And he took from them 124,000. He decided they will deliver my message to the rest. Because they were the most able. And then he looked at the 124,000. And he took 25 of them to be the noblest. And then he looked at the 25. He took five of them to be the most noble among those noblest. Who were Nuh, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, and Muhammad. Look at... If you study mass, this is like proving the equation. Allah is proving to himself what he created. And then from the five, he wanted to choose the one whom he loved most. And it came to be Muhammad. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Are you with me now? 
So from Muhammad came Muhammad. Okay? That's the idea. So here we need to think, inshallah, for the next few weeks when we come together to study Muhammad, this is just a glimpse of Muhammad the spirit. When we are studying Muhammad the husband, Muhammad the son, Muhammad the uncle, Muhammad the neighbor, Muhammad the leader, don't think of him as the man like we are men and women living today. Wallah. Think of him as that noble creator from whom we come, if we believe in Allah, that whom he had a pure heart, a pure mind, a pure body, that whom who was grateful to Allah for everything he received, that who was content, that who was pleased with Allah for everything. Your Lord will give you until you are pleased. But with that, he was not reluctant. He was standing up and worshipping until his feet were swollen. And Aisha was saying to him, didn't Allah give you until he pleased you? He said to her, Aisha, shouldn't I be a grateful servant? We lack gratitude today. We want more and more and more and we become greedy. Okay? And that's not good enough. I'm going to finish by reciting two pieces of poetry. The first one is from my Sheikh, Sheikh Saleh. Because I love him. And he praised the Prophet like no man in my time. There are people before him who prayed, they did well, but he is unique. وأحتمي بحماك أنت الذي لولاك ما خلق امرئ كلا ولا خلق الورى لولاك أنت الذي من نورك البدر اكتسى والشمس مشرقة بنور هداك صلى الله على محمد Beautiful If you understand Arabic He said And Allah Almighty سبحانه وتعالى will make salawat for you or you most noblest among the human as long as anyone who's longing to visit where you are buried, O Muhammad, O master of all masters, I came to you seeking your acceptance and your support and protection. You are the one whom, without you, no creation will be created. By Allah, Allah would have never created all the creation without your creation. You are the one from whom the light of the moon is gained. And the sun is only lighting because of your light. This is Sayyidina Muhammad But then, by an earlier beautiful man, it is said, وإن ذكروا نجي الطور فاذكر نجي العرش مفتقرا لتغنى ولو قارنت لفظته لن تراني بما كذب الفؤاد فهمت معنى وإن وصفوا سليمان بملك فذا ذهد الكنوز وقد عرضنا وبطحاء مكة ذهبا أباها اللهم صل على محمد
Now I'm 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 reading this. I'm really hoping and I pray that a lot of you Allah will give you the understanding of Arabic language, so you understand the real meaning behind these men are inspired. These are men who were close to the teen, to the mud of Muhammad Sallam at the time when Allah mixed all the mud, and when He created the spirit from the spirit of Muhammad, these were close to the spirit of Muhammad too. Because they write exactly what make you feel inside. You see? He said, when Yaku Khatab al-Amwatu Isa, if Isa alayhi salam was able to speak to the dead, remember, this one Muhammad sallam whom I'm teaching you about today here, the trunk of a tree that is broken, an old piece of wood, when he moved away from it, he started crying. Imagine. Not a human being, we can bring to, to speak because we know human being could speak but this one a tree speaks we can say a life a tree can speak but it's a trunk of a dead tree when the prophet removed himself from sitting on it to give his sermon and they built him a new member it was crying not only for Muhammad to understand like uh, the people of today will say uh, I'm hearing somebody is there anybody called Tony in the room <laughs> uh, anybody, maybe Tony Tony maybe Nonsense. It's just hearing things, making things. But this is real. He was hearing the crying of the wood and everybody was hearing it. And the Prophet spoke to it and he spoke to Muhammad If they remembered the one who spoke to Allah in the tour, Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, and he said, wow, a man speaks to Allah in the tour, the mountain on the earth. Remember the one who spoke to Allah in the arsh. But when you remember that one, humble yourself and ask Allah and by Allah, Allah will give you anything you ask for. May Allah forgive me and forgive you. May Allah fulfill me and fulfill you. May Allah give me and give you. May Allah allow us to understand and appreciate our position as honorable creation of Allah because we are from the creation that is most noble, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma rabbi zidna ilma. Allahumma rabbi zidna fahma. Allahumma rabbi jalna min al-rashidin. Ya Rabbi hayyik lana min amrina rashada. Waj'al ma'unataka al-husna lana madada. Bil-awliya, bil-salihina, bi-jam'ihim. Man jaa'ana al-Qur'ana anhum murshida. فرج بفضلك إلهي كربنا يا خيرا مد الأنام له يدا اللهم إنا نسألك سلطانا نصيرا وحظا عظيما وأجرا وفيرا وتجارة لن تبور وفغنا اللهم توفيغا مطلقا وارزقنا حلالا طيبا واسعا بلا كد تجب اللهم دعاءنا بلا رد وآتنا اللهم كلمة لا ترد وادخلنا اللهم الجنة بغير حساب يا الله يا عزيز يا كريم يا وهاب يا جليس الذاكرين يا أنيس المقطعين يا من أنت في قلوب المنكسرين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا خير الرازقين يا رب العالمين يا رب العرش العظيم انظر اللهم إلينا بعد الرحمة تب علينا توبة النصوح أصلح اللهم منا الجسد والقلب والروح أي أسك الله سبحانه وتعالى for all those who are suffering all over the world especially in Syria يا كريم اللهم يا رب بدل أحوالهم إلى أحسن حال ولللهم أمورهم خيارهم ولا تولي أمورهم شرارهم برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين I ask Allah for anybody sitting in this gathering here seeking anything from Allah may Allah fulfill it for them those who are seeking knowledge may Allah make it easy for them those who are seeking marriage may Allah make it easy for them those who are seeking business may Allah make it easy for them those who are seeking employment may Allah make it easy for them those who are seeking health may Allah make them healthy 
those who are seeking good relationship with their partners, their parents, their neighbors, whomever they have angered or made peace with, and then it is broken. May Allah make it peace with them. May Allah give them tawfiq and success in this world and the hereafter. I ask Allah for our parents who passed away, our uncles and aunties, our grandparents, our relatives, all those people whom we loved and passed away, may Allah give them a highest place in paradise. Those whom we have wronged, may Allah forgive us and forgive them. Those whom they have wronged us, we forgive them, ya Allah. Raise them and give them a loftiest place in paradise. Our parents who are living, may Allah give them tawfiq to live a long life with obedience. May Allah make it easy for them to worship Allah. May Allah give us success and give them success in this world and in the hereafter. Our children, may Allah raise them to be pious children. And anybody who is seeking Allah, may Allah open the way for them. Oh Allah, we have intended from today to study the seerah of the noblest man to walk with this year, Sayyidina Muhammad. Make it easy for me and for my brothers and sisters who are coming to learn it properly and understand it properly and link us to the spirit of Muhammad. Oh Allah, please link us to the spirit of Muhammad. Oh Allah, link us to the spirit of Muhammad and link the spirit of Muhammad that we are linked to, to yourself, Ya Allah, so that we get to know you. Oh Allah, you said, I was a hidden treasure. I created the creation to know me. We are your creation and we want to know you. Oh Allah, allow us to know Muhammad so that we can know you, oh Allah. Allahumma Rabbi surna, Allahumma ya Rabbi wafighna, Allahumma ya Rabbi sturna, Allahumma ya Rabbi atina sulana wa balighna maqsudana. Rabbi zidna ilma wa zidna fahma wa jalna min rashidin. Wa salli wa sallim ala sinna Ahmad al-Nabiya al-Amin wa alihi wa sallim. Subhana Rabbika Rabbi al-Ata'a amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-Mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillahi Rabbil alamin al-Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil alamin. Ar-Rahmanirrahim. Maliki yawm al-Din. Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in. Ihdina al-Sirat al-Mustaqim. Sirat al-Ladhina an'amta alayhim. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين